Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. We're in Joshua 22. You put up that tribal map that should be there. There you go. Let's recall, though, from Joshua 13, I'm going to take you back a few chapters. Moses had given the land east of the Jordan River to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh. You can see it there on the map. So they took that eastern side of the, uh, of the river, on the east side. But he held those tribes to a promise to help the rest of Israel come in and fight. The rest of Israel still had to go west of the river to come in and fight the enemies, and he made them promise to do that. Uh, at first, he almost thought, they, well, you're just trying to take this east land because you want to sit down and take it easy, and you don't want to go all the way in. You come in and fight and help the rest of the guys fight, and, and we'll, we'll make a deal with that. And so they did. They came in and helped until every tribe was settled. As a matter of fact, they said in Numbers 32 and 18, They said, we will not return to our homes until every one of the children of Israel has received his inheritance. That was the promise they made that they would go in and help that. So we got to recall this, this that Moses held them to and their agreement to that. And so uh, now here in Joshua 22, where we are, they have now honored this vow. They have done what they said they were going to do. And now they get to go back to their own land. Now they're okay. Everything's done. We captured everybody, all the enemies. Now we're going to go back to our Eastern territory. Now in Joshua 22 and one. Then Joshua called the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half the tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, You have kept all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, and have obeyed my voice in all that I commanded you. You have not left your brethren these many days, up to this day, but have kept the charge of the commandment of the Lord your God. And now the Lord your God has given rest to your brethren as he promised them. Now therefore, return and go to your tents and to the land of your possession, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. So they kept Moses' command to fight alongside the Israelite brothers. Now, according to the timeline, if you look at the timeline of how long this took, these men fought for seven years to fulfill this vow. This was a seven-year tour uh, of, of battle here. And in Numbers 32 and 26, it says that they left their women and children behind so that they'd be safe from war. They left their family. So we have to consider what a big thing this is, that they're going back to their families because they just spent seven long years of war without their families. That's a long time to be fighting. But you got to help the rest of Israel get in. Now, seven, I always remember seven means completeness, uh, totality. They have been totally away from their family, but they have, they have captured all the land and now everybody's settled in. Numbers 32 and 26 says, Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our livestock will be there in the cities of Gilead. 
But your servants will cross over every man armed for war before the Lord to battle, just as my Lord says. So let's not miss something here. I, I want us to catch every moment that the Bible has to offer. These are very dedicated soldiers who served with honor, and now they're finally being dismissed to go back home to be with their families again. You know, here in America, we have a lot of respect for our military who sacrificed for their nation, and these Israelite soldiers were no different at this point. They were no different. They sacrificed a lot for their nation, and so Joshua dismisses them with honor. Very big moment here. This has been a long seven years. They're honoring their military. Joshua 22 and 5. But, don't you like that? (laughs) You get to go home, but. (laughs) But take careful heed to do the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. So Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their tents. And so their military commitment was finished. Okay, your military tour is done, but they still had to keep discipline for their spiritual commitment. That never ends. Now you've got a spiritual commitment to the Lord through six things. He says, obey God's commands, love the Lord, walk in His ways, obey His commands, hold fast to Him, serve Him with all your heart and soul. He said several things. They got the blessing of inheritance from God through military service. They did their military service to go conquer the land. They got their inheritance on earth. But if they expected to continue forward in God's blessing, then it would take a focused discipline towards these guidelines that Joshua gave them. Okay, you got up to here. Great. That's good. But if you want to keep going... If you want to be successful in that, here's what you got to do. I think Joshua was concerned here that once these three tribes separated and went back east and went back to their inheritance back home, that they would become so separated from good spiritual influence that they would start to drift away from serving God. That would cause them to embrace idolatry. Now, we have to remember how these tribes east of the Jordan, on the east side of the Jordan, they were a lot closer to the enemy. Going west, you run into the water. Israel had all that. But going east, going back eastward, you had a lot of enemy out there. They were going to be closer to the world. They're going to be closer to to danger and a lot more susceptible to the influence of sin, of false gods, of the Canaanites. And so I think Joshua gave them this extra reminder, basically saying your physical war just got done, but your spiritual war is just getting started. You finish this this military war, but your spiritual war is just cranking up, buddy. Stick close to these guidelines. There was those various ways that he said to stay right with God. Now, Joshua 22 and 7. Now, to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given a possession in Bashan. But to the other half of it, Joshua gave a possession among their brethren on this side of the Jordan, westward. And indeed, when Joshua sent them away to to their tents, He blessed them and spoke to them, saying, Return with much riches to your tents, with very much livestock, with silver, with gold, with bronze, with iron, and with very much clothing. Divide the spoil of your enemies with your brethren. Okay, verse 7 says that Moses gave Manasseh land east of the Jordan. 
But Joshua gave Manasseh, the other side of Manasseh, land west of the Jordan. And you can see how it looks on the map. You can see two different Manassehs there. That's the east and the west Manasseh, one given by Moses, one given by Joshua. And so obviously the western tribe would have a lot of spoils of war from all the enemies they just conquered deep in the land. They'd conquer a lot of enemies in there. They have lots of spoils. And if the tribes had settled east and never crossed the Jordan, if, if, those, if that other tribe of Manasseh had settled east and never come in, then they would have never been part of these extra spoils of the West. They would have never gotten all that. So these tribes had settled east. If they had never crossed the Jordan, they would never get to be part of these extra spoils of the West. They came in and they helped, and now they get these extra spoils. Basically, it's payday for the past seven years of work. It's You came in and helped. You lived up to your part of the bargain. Now you're going to get paid, and now you get to go home with that. So he said, return with much riches, divide the spoils of the enemy with your brethren. This means that the Western tribes had to release a lot of their West side spoils to the Eastern tribes to take away from them. Imagine you're a Western tribe and there's an Eastern tribe. And Joshua says, you need to give part of that to them because they helped you. Okay. That's going to alleviate, take care of a lot of argument that could come up. Joshua is trying to be the peacemaker. He knows you can't send them back with nothing. He knows he can't just let all the spoils stay west. You guys need to give them some of this. He's trying to, he's trying the best he can to keep things from popping up. <laughs> he already told the guys going east, you need to follow these guidelines. Be very careful. Now you guys, y'all need to divide out the, can you see what Josh was doing? This is a real, a real leader. He's looking to keep the body united is kind of what he's after here. So if it wasn't right for the eastern tribes to just sit down and not help the western tribes to go conquer, then it also wouldn't be right to let them go home empty-handed after they just helped them conquer their enemies. It's a two-way street here. We helped you, now help us. Now, the western tribes had to figure something in this. I'm putting myself in the story. Come in it with me. The western tribes had to figure that these spoils don't just belong to us. All the stuff, the silver and gold and all these things we've got, they don't just belong to me. I got to give them to this other tribe. They don't, they're not mine. Joshua's making sure everything's done fairly so that everybody has provision. He doesn't want any war breaking out. He's looking to make peace. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Now, he made sure the eastern tribes had plenty of blessing to take back home, plus giving them godly guidelines not to drift away from God. A man of peace. He wants to make sure everyone's well covered. Because when everyone's covered with peace, it propagates peace. When everybody falls into sin, that propagates sin. He's trying to keep the leaven out of the lump. As Joshua's being this peacemaker, he's having to get these people to realize that's not really my money. I guess I do need to give it to them. He's trying to be that peacemaker, and he's working these things out. We should also be the same. We need to be peacemakers. Do not dish out controversy. Some of you have quit Facebook over this. Don't dish out controversy. It doesn't help. That's all they're doing on the news and social media and all over. Yes, I know there's, there's things we got to keep up with out there in the media, but don't be part of the stirring of the pot. We don't need to dish out controversy. Be like Joshua and with these tribes. And these Western tribes who were willing to give what they had for the encouragement of others. The Western tribes had to give what they had to the Eastern tribes and said, here, be encouraged with this and take it and go home. And thank you. 
And while we're on this topic of giving of yourselves, I'd like to point out that everything you have is not yours in the first place. Since we're dealing with the tribes giving to the East tribes, it's not yours in the first place. It all belongs to God. And the only reason you have it at all is because you are a temporary steward of it. It all belongs to God. You're a temporary steward. You know, you ever been on an airplane and the stewardess is coming down the middle of the aisle and she's got all the Cokes and the, and the drinks and the snacks and she goes, what will you have? You say, oh, I'll take a Sprite or an iced tea. She goes, okay, and she pours it and gives it to you. That's not hers. It belongs to the airline. She's a stewardess or a steward that, that runs that. He's giving you what belongs to the airline. It's not actually his. Stewards and stewardesses don't walk into the airlines and say, hey, I've got all this Coke. Can I jump on a plane and give it to everybody out of the goodness of my heart? That's not what they do. It doesn't belong to them. They're temporary managers of it, and their job is to give it. You don't see a stewardess sitting in the back of the plane on her 10th Coke, do you? (laughs) I'm going to drink these until they're all gone. No, their job is to give it away. It's not mine, and I'm giving it to you. And they are equipped with that little cart thing. They're equipped to give it away. You are a steward. You are a steward. Everything you have, you are a steward of it. And you are supposed to give it. You're supposed to be a blessing like they are here. Now, let's consider the position of Israel also. Where did they get it all from? They got it from their enemies. You've got to consider their position. They came out of slavery from Egypt with nothing or great possessions. They came out with great possessions. Well, if you've been slave, slaves for 400 years, how do you come out rich? They came out rich because they took it from the Egyptians as plunder. They took it from them. They went and took everything they had on their way out, and they came out rich, rich enough to line that whole tabernacle with all the gold. They were very rich. They took it away. So just like here in chapter 22, Joshua is sending the East tribes home with lots of possession, possession that was taken, taken. They didn't go out and work it up. They took it from their enemy. Give that to me. They took it. Now, I want to show you a very powerful verse that shows how God works all this kind of stuff out. Now, this is a big one, and I just saw it this week. Ecclesiastes 2 and 26. Here it goes. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. Wow. Ever seen that verse before? In this context, anyway, I want to say something to all the money-hungry people out there. You're spending your entire lives making money, 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 building up, saving up, pushing hard to get yourselves rich. And did you know that the reason you're able to do that at all is because God is using you to hand it over to those that God has lined up to receive it? You ever look at the unrighteous and say, how are they so successful? What are they? I'm God's guy. I'm a believer and I'm living poor. And this, these guys are not believers. They're living like the devil and they're millionaires. That's not fair. Go back to that verse. He made them gatherers. And when it's time, they got to fork it over to who God says, you give it to him. They will take it. That's what happened here with Joshua and the enemies. Go home with great possessions from the spoils of your enemy. They were, they were collectors and gatherers, and now Israel took it. So do you see how you're a temporary steward of your riches? They do not belong to you. Somebody else gave it to you. 
Oh, no, 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 Ray. The money I have in my wallet, I went to work and I earned it. I went and I earned it. Okay. Who set up that company? Who gave you that car? Well, I bought the car. Okay. Back to the company. (laughs) Who gave you the job? Guys, we can run that circle all day. It comes from God. You are a steward of it. It is not yours. This is God's plan. This is God's economy. This is why Jesus said, don't choose money over God. Understand the blunt reality that if you will not be a willing giver to make God's kingdom service, then God will make you give it right out of your unwilling hands. That's extreme. No, I'm not dressing you up for the box. I forgot to even bring it today. It's not even over there. (laughs) But if you won't willingly give it cheerfully, God will make you give it to someone else who will. That's how God works his economy. So, to the believers, don't get upset that unrighteous people seem to be more successful than you. Don't consider that to be unfair. You be content with your own wages and know that God is using that rich guy's work as a mere gatherer for someone else that he has determined will receive it. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about money. Trust in the Lord God. When he's ready, he will have a gatherer give you what you need as a blessing, okay? You're still breathing. You're still okay. You still got a roof over your head. Even if it comes to a point you don't, there are times when even the son of man didn't have a place to lay his head. God will take care of you. You don't have to worry yourself about finding the money, finding the money, finding the money. There's gatherers out there. Let them do that. God will provide. Let God deal with it. Now, when you look at the Israelites, you'll see that they didn't have to build any cities in the promised land. They didn't have to plant any vineyards that take years to develop. God had it all laid out ahead of them, didn't he? They didn't have to go establish all that. It was already there. Their enemies already put all that out there. They took it at their enemy's expense. Now, also, let's notice how even the Israelites themselves, the the Western tribes, they themselves had to give up some of their spoils to their Eastern brothers. Again, this means that not only was the enemy a temporary steward of what they had, but it also means that the Israelites also were temporary stewards as well. Because they had these spoils, they took it from the enemy. Now you need to give a bunch of it to the guys going east. Don't ever look at your big, what do you call it, your big pile of money go, that is mine. And no, I'm not going to give it because I earned this. I worked hard for it. It belongs to me. That means money's your God now. That means you're sinning. That means God turned you into a gatherer, a collector. And now you're going to have it knocked out of your hands to someone else who's going to use that money properly. That's very hard for me to hear. That's very hard for me to say. Because you know how ministry work. It takes a little money. I don't have to worry about who gives what. I know that God's going to give when it's time to give. Whatever ends up in that giving box ends up in that giving box. And I'll make do. But don't get caught in that trap. Don't become the gatherer. God will knock it out of your hands. Be a giver. Don't ever think that God has given something to you just for you. Yes, he's given you enough to pay for your house and your car. That's for you. I get it. But that's not all yours across the board. We're to be givers. God gives to provide, but he also gives so that you can be a giver, a cheerful giver. Another thing, if you're not that cheerful giver, you're striving for money saying, mine, mine, mine. Perhaps you're that sinner who's been given the task of gathering and collecting that you may give to him who is good before God. 
And if you're thinking you're off the hook because you can't afford to give, how many times have you heard that? Well, Ray, I'd give, but I can't afford to. Everything's so tight. I want you to remember that widow in uh, the book of uh, Mark, I think it was. Mark 12. She gave out of her poverty, it says. She did not give out of her wealth. She gave out of poverty. I think I have two widow's mites in my backpack back there from that era, from the time of Jesus. If you want to see what they look like, I'll let you see them. You can barely see them. You hold them in their hand, they're like a little speck. Almost nothing. Very, very little amount. And Jesus said she gave more than everybody in that whole place. It's not about how much. It's what your heart does. Okay? So we need to have a right heart about it. But right now is a good time to get right with Jesus. And then God can provide for you just like how he provided for the Israelites. He has provided for them, giving to them so that they themselves can become givers. And now that is being given to the Eastern tribes and they get to take it home. I just wanted you to see that whole dynamic of how God's economy works in this, in this situation. Don't worry about your enemies being better off than you. Don't worry about unrighteous people being better off than you. Just say, must be a gatherer. <laughs> maybe they'll get it knocked out of their hands, or maybe they'll repent and come to Jesus, and maybe they'll become a great giver. I've sat in, in Bible college before next to a man in a nice suit, and he was talking to me for a minute, and then he left. I asked the professor, who was that dressed-up guy? And he goes, that was a millionaire who invests in this Bible college, and he was picking your brain to make sure you're getting what he is investing for you to get. I'm like, wow, that was great. So that guy was a great giver. It doesn't mean you can't be rich. It's just, where's your heart in it? Okay. Don't become a gatherer, be a giver. Uh, Joshua 22 and nine. So the children of Reuben, the children of Gad, the half tribe of Manasseh returned and departed from the children of Israel at Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan to go to the country of Gilead, to the land of their possession, which they had obtained according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. So what's in Shiloh is the tabernacle. Okay, That's where the tabernacle's at. And so finally, they return with great possessions to where they left their families behind seven years ago. All right, we finally get to go home now. Now, what I see in this is that when the Lord calls you to perform a task, he always blesses you better. He always blesses you back better than what you left with. Now, they left their families behind. And thinking, man, I got to leave my family. Gosh, that's going to be hard. I, gosh, I could be fixing my house better. I could be tending to those grapes over there and getting my animals lined out. But I got to go and I got to help with all this conquest going on. God gave them better. It's payday. They're going home well paid back to their families. And that's, that's one of those things to deal with, that when God gives you a calling, don't try to get out of it. From thinking of what you have to lose. I had to deal with leaving my career when God called me into ministry. I had a great career. I was doing it for a long time, and I had to think, I've got to leave this. I got all the way up here, and I got to leave this. And God says, hey, if you don't leave willingly, I could knock you down from the top of that ladder, <laughs> and you'll have nothing. You won't have this job or ministry. And I went, Whoa, I had to make a decision. So take it from me. Don't count a calling as a loss. No calling of God is ever a loss. No calling of God is ever a loss. It is always a gain. Always a gain. Now look at what the Israelites gained. More land, more possession. And to think that on their way back east, they're going to pass by all the ruins of all the cities they knocked down, that the Lord God knocked down. They're, they're going to pass by Jericho. They're going to see the walls flatten down. They're going to have all these reminders. They're going to go back. And pass along and say, oh man, you remember that? 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.